Amen, amen. You may have a seat. Welcome everyone to the Vineyard. My name is Christian Root. I'm the associate pastor here. It's so good to be with you all today. And before I begin, I, I wanted to give you guys a, a brief update on the, the Finding Jesus tour. Many of you are aware that our, our high schoolers right now are with our senior pastor, Tom Paquette, on a, a short-term mission trip of, of sorts. They're staying at the Paquette farm uh, every night this week or from Saturday through Tuesday. And during the day, they're, they're doing something that I, I think is, is wonderful. They're, they're taking a dart in the morning and they're throwing it against a, a map of the state of Ohio. And wherever the dart lands, they're, they're just headed there. They don't know what, what God has for them, what God's planned for them that day, but they, they're trusting by faith that God's going to meet them. And, and yesterday was day one. And I just wanted to share with you briefly an email that, that Pastor Tom sent this morning. Uh, just because I know so many of you are praying for the trip, and, and it is so encouraging. So this is what Tom wrote this morning at 8. He said, Dear friends, the first day of the Finding Jesus tour exceeded all of our expectations. We have so many stories to tell, but please let me say that the Lord was so faithful to answer all the many prayers that were offered on behalf of this adventure. Several of the kids very definitely found Jesus yesterday in the ways he led us and the people we were blessed to minister to. One young man was brought to tears as he talked with a homeless woman for 45 minutes. He was so moved by her story. Other kids were blessed with a mental picture of where we were supposed to go and what we were supposed to do, that when one of the students threw the dart for the day, it literally landed exactly on the place three of the kids saw during their prayer time. I should also mention that the student was blindfolded as he threw the darts. The weather was fantastic and the kids are all having a blast sleeping in tents. He says, I got to go now. We have 10 loud and hungry teenagers to care for. Karen has done an amazing job with the food. Please keep us in prayer again today as we worship together this morning. Pray and then throw the dart to see where the Lord is leading us today. Pray for another wonderful weather day as well. Thank you so much for your earnest prayer support. Lives are being changed. Amen. 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 So it turns up, turns out when you take a risk and you ask God to show up that often he tends to do that. Praise God. And so why don't, why don't we take just a second to pray for Tom and for the, the, uh, the high schoolers that are with him this morning. And so God, we, we thank you for an encouraging day one. We thank you that you, you met the students yesterday, Father. Thank you that uh, you gave that prophetic word in which three of the students, even before they head out, had a sense of where they were supposed to be going. The dart just happened to land there. Thank you, God, for your goodness. And we pray, God, that you would continue to exceed expectations. We pray that you would continue to move in power and that you would use these high schoolers to point people to you, Jesus, to encourage people. And would you meet them as they do so? Would you strengthen their faith? Would you, would you lay a foundation in their lives right now, God, that would last for the, the rest of their lives? Come, Holy Spirit, would you be with the team today? Would you protect the team today? Would you bring them good weather? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, let me begin. You know, you can tell a lot about what someone really cares about by the content of their prayers. You want to know what someone's values most? You should listen to the things that they pray for and listen to what they ask God to give to others. In Ephesians 3, Paul prays that the church in, in Ephesus might, 
might receive three specific blessings. And I believe that these three specific blessings, they, they sum up Paul's desires, both for himself and for, for those under his leadership. And so today I want us to look at each of these three blessings in order that we might better understand God's will for our lives and in order that our, our desires for these blessings might increase. That a, a holy dissatisfaction might be created in our hearts, causing us to pursue these, these blessings with determination and with perseverance. I, I want these blessings to just get under our skin, for us to feel it, and for us to want to pursue them with even greater passion. But before we, we tackle Paul's famous prayer in, in Ephesians 3, I, I would love to pray. And So why don't you guys pray with me again really quickly. God, I, I pray that... The news that we're, we're hearing about what you're doing on the, the Finding Jesus Tour would, would only increase our faith right now from what you might want to do today. Surely you are a God that is on the move. Surely you are a God that is invested in the lives of your people. Your, continue, your, your kingdom rather continues to, to move in forward in power. And we want to see your kingdom come in power today. We want to see you move. We want to see life change today. Please, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Please give me boldness and authority. Please put power on my words. And please help me to preach your word correctly in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. You can head there with me now. If you don't have your Bible, we got it on the Sky Bible behind me. Here we go, Ephesians 3, 14. This is what we read. This is Paul praying to the church in Ephesus. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and how long and how deep and how high is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. That is a prayer right there. It's a prayer right there. This wonderful, famous prayer, Paul, Paul prays for three things for the Ephesian believers. This is what I want us to focus on today. And, and I, again, I believe that these three petitions, they sum up Paul's greatest desires, both for himself and for the for the church in Ephesus, Paul prays that the Ephesian believers would experience more of the Holy Spirit. That's number one. Number two, that they would experience more of Christ's love. And number three, that they would experience more of Christ's character. That's the outline today. So let's look at each of these points in turn. To begin, Paul prays that the Ephesian believers would receive more of the Spirit. Let's look at verses 16 and 17 again. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. May strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So let me ask you a question. Those of you who are here and say, I, I pray regularly, I would consider myself a prayer. Is this a regular prayer that you pray for yourself? Are, are you regularly praying to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit? Are, are you regularly praying, God, would you fill me with more of the Holy Spirit that I might be satisfied in you? 
That, that I, I might just be so satisfied in you, God, that the distractions and the temptations of this world just wouldn't have a pull over my heart. Would you, would you fill me with the Holy Spirit that I, I might increase in holiness, that, that I might look more and more like Jesus, that I, I might be able to defeat this, this habitual sin that just seems to follow me around, that the fruits of the Spirit might be evident in my life, love and joy and peace and, and patience and kindness and goodness, self-control. I think that's all. Do, do you pray, God, would you, would you fill me with more of the Spirit, that I might be empowered for ministry, that I, I might be effective as I share my faith or as I talk to others about Jesus or if, as I serve others? Would I be a source of encouragement? Would I be a source of hope? Would, would you help me to be more effective in ministry because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you pray this for yourself? The, the late Billy Graham, who many of you are aware, was, was probably the greatest evangelist of the 20th century, this is what he said. <clears throat> he said, everywhere I go, I, I find that God's people lack something. They are hungry for something. Their Christian experience is not all they expected. And they often have recurring defeats in their lives. Me meaning they often just stumble over the same sins over and over again. I know that's not anyone in this room, but you probably have a neighbor who goes to a different church that maybe that's a problem for. He says, Christians today are hungry for spiritual fulfillment. The most desperate need of the nation today is that men and women who profess Jesus be filled with the Spirit. Now, now that's an astonishing statement, saying that, that men and women who are already Christians, who are already following God, would, would be filled with the Spirit. That's the greatest need of the nation today. That's the greatest need of the world today. And it's an astonishing statement because if you know anything about Billy Graham, you know that, that Graham was not exactly a card-carrying Pentecostal or charismatic, right? You know, he, this was a man who was the epitome of, of conservative evangelicalism, right? He called people to repentance. He preached from the Bible. He stuck to the main and the plain, and he did so to great effect and with great fruit, to the glory of God. But, but he's not exactly a Pentecostal, a charismatic, and he's saying, look, I have been all over this world. I, I have seen a lot. And I can tell you that the greatest need of, uh, of the nation today, the greatest need, is that men and women who profess Jesus would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, all of us who are here and would say, I am a follower of Jesus, all of us have, have been filled with the Holy Spirit already. That, that is certainly true, that it is not possible to affirm with your mouth, it is not possible to affirm with your heart that, that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit coming and, and opening up your eyes to that reality. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, then, then the Holy Spirit certainly resides within you. That, that is a reality. But, but, you know, for some of us, the Holy Spirit within us is, is a bit like a pilot light, right? I, I mean, it's there. A pilot light is there. It's a little, f little flickering flame. It's in you. Holy Spirit is in you, but, but there's so much more <laughs> available that the Lord longs to come and, and fan that little pilot light into flame so that that, that Holy Spirit within you rises up and, and causes you to, 
to just burn in your passion for Jesus, to just burn in your love for other people, to burn in your, in your desire to live out your calling. Paul says to us this morning, look, do not settle for a pilot light Holy Spirit. There's more for you. Your, your, your Father wants to fan that spirit within you into flames, wants to change you from the inside out. Well, then you might ask, how can I be filled with more of the Spirit? It's the million-dollar question, right? Well, this really, if I'm honest, this is an entire series, and should be an entire series, and I got to get moving here. So let me just, let me give you the short answer. Here's the short answer. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to ask, we need to ask, we need to ask for more. That's it. Luke eleven thirteen says this. It says, if you then, this is Jesus speaking to others, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, to those who ask him? Jesus is saying in this moment, look, be honest, dads. Like, you guys are C-minus dads at best, right? You guys are like C-minus, D-plus dads, right? Most of us who are fathers in here would say, you know what, if I'm really honest, when I look at all of my inadequacy, when I, I, I look at all of my shortcomings and my failings as a father, I'm like a C-minus dad at best. If you're a dad and you feel like you're just nailing it, just killing it, you're, you're probably not. You're, you're probably just really lacking in self-awareness. And so, so Jesus comes to these guys and he says, look, you're a C minus dad, right? You're a D plus dad. I mean, I mean you're, you're fine. But you know how to give good gifts to your kids. Your kid needs a ride to school, you give it to him. Your kid needs some food, he needs a tuna fish sandwich, you give it to him, right? Kid needs a bike, you give it to him. If you, being a C minus, being a D plus dad, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more is, is the father who is perfect, going to give good gifts, going to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. But you got to ask. You got to ask. You got to ask. <laughs> a couple year, of years ago, I was in a season of, of just asking for more. I was asking for a fresh infilling of, of the Holy Spirit. I was relatively new as a, a pastor, and I was trying to figure figure things out, still trying to figure things out now, but I, I was seeking for more of the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I remember in, in that time, I received an email from my mother-in-law, and she said, Christian, I've, I've, been, I've been praying for you, and I saw this picture of you, and, and as, as you were worshiping, suddenly the Holy Spirit just fell on you, and you were equipped and empowered for, for ministry, for the calling God has placed on your life. Now, now first of all, that's just let me just say this. That is a good mother-in-law right there. You, you have son-in-law. You have a daughter-in-law. Be praying for them, right? Pray for your kids. Pray for your in-laws. They need it. But I was just so encouraged, so emboldened in that moment because here I am. I'm, I'm pressing in. I'm asking God, would you fill me with more of the Spirit? Would you fill me with more? And then I get this random email. I saw a picture of you, Christian. You were worshiping. The Spirit of God filled you and equipped you for ministry. So after I got this email, I, I just started worshiping all of the time. Because I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that, that's it. I'm, I'm going to be worshiping, and then the Spirit of God is going to come, and He's going to fall. One month passed, two month passed, three month passed. But I, 
nothing. But still, I'm, I'm just pressing in. I'm asking, I'm asking, and asking. I, I remember I would wake up in the middle of the night and just head downstairs and put some headphones in so I wouldn't wake up my son or my wife and just put my hands out with kind of one eye looking up like, is this the time? Is this the time where you're going to fall, where you're going to fall, where you're going to fill me? I listened to more worship music in that three-month span than I probably ever have in the rest of my life. It's just asking, God, would you, would you fill me? And uh, I'll never forget, there was... There was one random, just ordinary Monday night, and I was at my home, and, and at the, the church I was helping pastor at the time, uh, we had a, a Monday night prayer night. And it was very similar to the Tuesday night prayer night that we have here that we host every Tuesday at 7 p.m. right here in this room, but it was a Monday night prayer night, and my wife and I, we hosted it in our home. And like most prayer meetings, it was a rather small one. There was four of us that night. My wife and I made up 50% of the group, and then there was a, a young woman who was leading worship, and there was another young guy who was present as, as well. We were just praying, we were worshiping, and, and all of a sudden as we were worshiping, I just saw in my mind this, this little cup above my head, I'll never forget, and it just, I saw it just kind of empty out over me, and the next thing I, I know it is... I am on the ground just violently convulsing for probably 30 or 45 minutes. It's one of the most fantastic, one of the strangest experiences in my life. And it was strange, guys, because I had been filled with the Holy Spirit before. I had been touched by, by God's Spirit before. But there was always a, a, a real emotional component to my previous infillings in which I, you know, I was that guy who was a hot mess. I had tears and snot everywhere and just encountering the love of God. But this was different. There was no emotional component at all. It just felt like electricity was just kind of coursing through my body. And I'm just literally like flailing around like a fish out of water for like 45 minutes. And I'll never forget the look on, on this poor girl, this young, young 20-something, just new to the faith. She's leading worship for us, and she's just looking at me. She's leading worship, watching her, you know, pastor flop around on the ground, probably hoping I wasn't having a seizure. I, I don't know. It's just amazing. It was amazing. And I, I don't tell you this story because I, I'm trying to like make myself look at it. I'm, I'm telling you this story because I want this to be real for you guys. I could tell you stories about how, how the Spirit of God fell on, on George Whitfield, or how the Spirit of God fell on, on John Wesley or on D.L. Moody, you know, guys who lived hundreds of years ago. But I, I want you to know this is, a, this is available for us now. But we have to ask. We have to ask. And, and it was crazy. When I, when I was on the ground flopping around, the, the most astonishing thing to me was that the Spirit of God was so present in this room, was so thick in this room, that there was this other young guy who was there. And, and he was a pretty timid, pretty shy guy. And he, he gets full of the Spirit. And he stands up. And he just boldly starts prophesying over me right there as I'm flailing around on the ground. I remember flopping around thinking, this is crazy. Like, it was crazier to me that this young guy was so bold and just declaring stuff over me than it was that I was, you know, doing my piece of bacon in a frying pan thing. And guys, listen, this, this infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's not intended simply for leaders or for pastors, but this infilling of the Spirit, it's meant for all of us. This was normative in the New Testament. This isn't just for, you know, those of us who got a mic in our hands. This is what A.W. Tozer said. He said this, 
The Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for His people. It is not added, and it is not extra. I love that. It's not added, and it's not extra. And listen, our our asking is is never done. We we do not... uh, ascribed to a theology which says, well, once you get this infilling, some would call it a baptism of the Holy Spirit, well, then, then, then you're good. No, no, we're called to be people who routinely come back and we ask for more and for more and for more. Not because we're selfish, but because we recognize that without God's help, without His Spirit within us, we're just not going to be the people He's calling us to be. We need to continue to ask and ask and ask. You know, that, that experience I just described to you, that wasn't my last uh, time being filled with, with the Spirit, and it wasn't my first time. We're, we're called to, to continually ask for God to fill us with more. So if you're praying for me one day, and, and you're, you're asking yourself, you know, what can I pray for, for Pastor Christian about? Pray that I would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray that I would be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're praying for Pastor Tom, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, how can I pray for Pastor Tom? Pray that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're praying for your small group leader. How can I pray for my small group leader? Pray that they would be filled with the Spirit. Praying for your spouse. Pray that they would be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, we, we, we need to move on here, because this is just my, my first point. But uh, I, I know that for some of us, you know, this is really new territory. I mean, some of you know my story. I didn't grow up in the church, and I remember the first time I heard someone talk about being filled with the Spirit. I had no idea, no context for what, what that was about. And, and some of you might have, might have some real questions. What, what, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? How can you be filled with more of a person? Because the Holy Spirit is a part of the triune Godhead. He is a person. How can you be filled with more of a person? Or, or you might ask, what are the other variables that we need to think about as we pursue God for more? These are, are good questions. So let me just commend to you one book that I, I think would be really helpful for you. I, I don't have a slide because this was a late addition to the sermon, but if you've got your notes with you, you can write it down. It's a book called More, M-O-R-E, and it's by a, a pastor from the UK named Simon Ponzenby. Simon, S-I-M-O-N, and then Ponzenby. P-O-N-S-O-N-B-Y. P-O-N-S-O-N-B-Y. If you forget it, you can talk to me after the service. I'll, I'll give you the name again. You can go on Amazon. You can buy that as soon as we're done here. You can get it on your, if you have the Kindle app on your phone, you can, you can have this book, you know, by 1045. And Simon Ponzaby, he, he's one of my heroes. He, he's, he's uh, I, I've called him via email. Uh, I told him he was my mentor from afar because he lives in the UK, so I don't get to see him very often. But uh, not like we're friends. I've seen him when he's spoken. He probably doesn't even know who I am, but it's neither here nor there. The reality is there is no book that has, has so impacted my understanding of our need for the Holy Spirit, our need to be filled in like this book. And there's no book that just stirs up my appetite, just creates a sense of holy dissatisfaction in my heart for more of the things of God than this book. And so I, I just, I pull it off my shelf regularly, yearly, just to kind of give myself a fresh boost, some fresh momentum, a fresh just kick in the pants that I might pursue more of 
the Holy Spirit. And so I really commend that book to you. And if you decide to pick it up and read it, shoot me an email. Tell me that you're reading it because that would encourage me. All right, let's continue on. Secondly, I said that Paul in Ephesians 3, he's praying for three things for the church in Ephesus, correct? This is our second point. Paul prays that the Ephesian church would experience more of Christ's love. More of Christ's love. Let's read verses 17 through 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Paul prays that the Ephesian church would be rooted and established in love. I love that language. That they might grasp then how how deep and how wide and how long Jesus' love truly is. Now let's, let's look at that word rooted for a moment because here's something I find significant about roots. Roots grow almost entirely in, in secret, right? You guys know this, that for almost every type of tree, their, their roots grow unnoticed, hidden, underground, removed from, from the eyes of, of the rest of the world. And, and in a similar way, when we come to Jesus in prayer, when we, we come to Jesus by, by reading his word, when we come to Jesus and we worship him, when we, in other words, allow our roots to grow down deep into his love through these practices, that this process is done almost entirely in secret, isn't it? It's hidden from the rest of the world. Listen, t- tomorrow you're going to wake up and it's going to be Monday, right? It's going to be Monday. And you're going to have a series of choices that you're going to make about your Monday. You're going to decide, do I, do I want to wake up and do I want to pour myself a cup of coffee and open up my Bible and, and, and reflect and meditate on Jesus' love for me in the Word? Do I want to spend some time in prayer before work? Or do I want to keep hitting that snooze button until the very last moment, until I have to just rush out of bed and get in the shower, make some breakfast and get to work? You're going to decide tomorrow, do, do I want to spend some time after dinner just going on a walk, just thanking God for, for everything that he's done for me, thanking him for his grace, thanking him for his provision, thanking him for his intervention in my life, or do I just want to head to the couch? And whether you decide to pray or whether you decide to watch an old Simpsons rerun, no one is going to know. No one's going to know. I'm not going to know. Your home group leader's not going to know. Pastor Tom isn't going to know. Because our inner life, our life with God, it's cultivated in secret. Do you you get this? Are you tracking with me? And then on Tuesday, you're going to wake up, and you're going to be presented with a series of choices. Are you not? And you'll have the opportunity, once again, to grow your roots down just a little bit deeper into God's love. Grow your roots just a little bit deeper into God's love as you, as you pray and spend time with him, as you, you reflect and meditate on his, his word, as you worship him in your car. And, and again, you're going to have the opportunity to just fill your life with distractions. And that choice to pursue him or not, it's going to go unnoticed by the rest of the world. I, I've said this to you before, but I'm going to say it again. No one's going to be popping out from behind your couch and congratulating you if you decide to pray on Tuesday morning. And no one's going to be booing you from your dining room if you don't. Roots grow in secret. And your inner life with God is cultivated in secret away from a watching world. 
And, and so Paul says to, to these Ephesians and, and to us, I am praying for you that you would be deeply rooted in love. That unseen by the rest of the world, in secret, you would turn to the Bible, turn to God in prayer, turn to God in worship, that you might meet this great love of Jesus. That you might know that you know that you know how, how deep and how wide and how long is this great love of the Lord's. Let me, let me head to the last point here. Lastly, and then I'll end here, Paul prays that the Ephesians might embody more of Christ's character. It's our last point. First, he prays, God, God, would you fill them with more of the Holy Spirit? Would you fill them with more? And would you, would you fill them with a deeper understanding of your love as their roots grow down deep into you? And then lastly, he prays, that the Ephesians might embody more of Christ's character. This is verse 19. This is what we read. And he prays, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, that's a pretty interesting phrase. What does it mean to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God? What does that mean? Well, Paul is saying this. My, my prayer for you Church of Ephesus, is that the fullness of God would be placed inside each one of you, that all the perfection and all the holiness and that the love of God would dwell in your heart. Not, not so that you would become a, a deity yourself, not so that you might become God, but so that you might look like Christ. Paul prays in line with 1 Peter, which tells us to be holy as he is holy. He prays in line with Matthew 5, in which we're we're told by Jesus to be perfect as the Father is perfect. And so when Paul prays that the Ephesians might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, he's praying that they might look like Jesus. Now that's a pretty, pretty humbling thought, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if you've read the Gospels. I don't know if you've looked at Jesus' life. But man, that is, a, that is a tough act to try to follow, to try to emulate, right? You've seen his, his, his compassion for others. If you've seen his selflessness, if you've seen his courage, if you've seen his, his desire to, to please only the Father, that is a humbling, humbling task of, of trying to imitate Jesus. Look, look, all of you I know have dreams for your life, right? You have dreams. You have dreams related to your career. You have dreams related to your family. You have dreams about making an impact, perhaps, in this world through various means. You know what your father's dream is for you? Your, your heavenly father? You know what his dream is for your life? Do you know what his desire for you is when he thinks about you, when he, he looks at you? Your father's dream for your life is that you would look like Jesus. That's his dream. And for, for those of us with children, I know that's not all of us, but for those of us who have kids, isn't this the same thing that we desire? Isn't this the same thing that we pray for our own kids? You know, every night before my, my son goes to bed, I have a little boy named Sam. He's three. I, I pray for him. And, and I, I have to be honest, I, I've been praying for my kid for three years now, and I have never prayed that my son would grow up to have a solid 401k. 
I, I just haven't. I've never prayed, oh, Father, would you, would you help my, my son to retire at 60? Would you give him a nice truck with a good engine and some decent gas mileage? Would you help him to find a timeshare that really works well for he and his family that maybe they can visit three or four or five times a year? What do I pray for my son every night? Probably the same thing that you pray for your kids. Jesus, would you help my son to grow up and look like you? Would you make him a man of integrity? Would you make him a man whose word means something? Would you give him the gift of compassion, God? Would you give him the gift of, uh, of leadership? Would you fill him with your Holy Spirit? Would you write his name in the book of life? Would you give him a love for prayer, a love for the local church? Would you give him a love for your word? Help him to bear fruit. Help him to be used by you to extend your kingdom. That's what I'm praying for my kid. And these, these same desires, same dreams that you and I have for our children, these are the desires that your father has in heaven for you. And this, by the way, this is, this is just an aside, but I'm going to go with it. This, by the way, is why your life is so hard. It's why my life is so hard. Do you ever just stop and think, why, God, is my life just so hard? Regardless of, of your context, you, you might be a stay-at-home mom, you might be an accountant, you might work in a factory, you might be a teacher. You ever just say, why is life just so hard? You know, my wife and I were away on vacation this past week, and it's like, even on vacation, it was great, we're thankful, but it's just hard. You know, I forgot my sleep medication, and so I just didn't sleep well the entire week. My wife has a bad back, and our mattress was super hard, and so she didn't sleep all week, and she was in pain all week, and we had to roll to Walmart and get one of those egg crate or eggshell mattresses to try to put on top. It still didn't work. She's in pain all week. My kid gets sick the last day. We had to come home early. I mean, even on vacation, life is just hard. You ever, you ever wonder why that is? It's because God, your father, desires more for you than just living a nice, cushy, easy life. It's because he, he longs for you to look like Jesus. It's because he understands, even if we don't want to admit it, that it is through pain, it is through hardship, it is through perseverance, putting our head down and getting through things that helps us to grow in our Christ-likeness. You know what dream God has for your life? You know what he desires for you? It's that you would look like Jesus, and he loves you too much to just give you an easy life. So Paul, he, he pleads with the Ephesians, do not be content to live a normal, average life with a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in. That, that's usually, if I'm honest, my desire. God, would you just give me everything I want? Just kind of sprinkle a little Jesus on top. There we go. That's all I need. Paul says, do not set such a low bar for yourself, but strive by God's grace to look more and more like, like Jesus. And maybe it, may it be so with us. May we press in and ask to be filled with more of the Spirit. May we press in and ask to experience more of Christ's love. And may we press in and ask to embody more of Christ's character. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? I'm going to invite the band up now. Here's what I'd like to do. As we close, if you're new to uh, the vineyard, we're so glad you're here. And the way that we, we end 
our services is we create some space for some of us to respond by receiving prayer. That, that we don't want our, our entire church experience to be passive, where we just come and we, you know, drink our coffee and then we head out after some short blonde guy yells at us for a half hour. But I, I believe by faith that some of you, because, because God's word is alive and active, that some of you have, have some stirrings in your heart that you need to take to the Lord. And so in just a second, I'm going to invite some folks to respond to today's message by receiving some prayer. And today's call is a relatively simple one. You know, if you're someone who would say, I, I just, I hear these stories about people being filled with the Holy Spirit. I still don't really understand what that means, but I know that I want more than what I have. Then maybe you're someone who would say, it just feels like there's a little pilot light in there. I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I believe that I am saved, that I am forgiven, that I have been washed in the blood of Jesus, and yet I, I desire more. And, and if that's you, then we're going to have some people pray just a really simple prayer over you. I'm just going to ask them to pray. Would you fill him or would you fill her with the Holy Spirit? That's it. And there are others of you who are here that you might say, I just want to experience more of Christ's love. I would affirm it. If, if I was given an exam over it, I would, I would mark in the, the bubble. I believe that God loves me. I believe that Jesus loves me. But, but I, I, I haven't experienced, or, or perhaps I haven't experienced in quite some time, this, this experience of, of, of receiving Jesus' love in a way that surpasses knowledge, as Paul prayed for. I want to know that I know that I know that Jesus loves me. In a deep experiential way. And so if that's where you're at, if you're with someone who would say, I, I just, I want to receive Jesus' love afresh. Then we want to pray that for you. Again, someone's going to place their hand on your shoulder and say, Holy Spirit, would you help my brother, would you help my sister to receive your love? That's it. And then lastly, I, I, I said that Paul's prayer was that the Ephesians would embody Christ's character. And some of you guys right now, if you were really honest, you, you might say, my life does not look nearly <laughs> as close to Jesus's as, as I would like. I mean, surely that's all of us, but some of us might be in a place where it's just like, I just know something has to change. And so if that's where you're at, we're going to invite you to receive some prayer. It's not a counseling session. You're not going to be getting a bunch of advice. We just want to pray that whatever needs to happen within you would happen. That Jesus would give you the courage and the vision and the patience to look more and more like him. So if you're on our prayer team now, could you head to either side of the stage right now? If you've been trained to pray or you're a leader here, would you head to either side of the stage? And guys, over the course of this next song, we would love to pray for you that you might receive more of the Spirit, more of Christ's love for you, more of Christ's character in your life. And I, I pray even now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and move in this room. God, I pray for 
genuine encounters with you, life-transforming encounters with you, would you come and would you meet people today? So if you would like to receive some prayer now, you, you can begin to come forward now. We would love to pray for you. And for the rest of us, let's, let's close by singing this last song.